0: In the Foundations Program, the Signature Program for Better Belly Therapies, every three months we do a massive review of our clients' progress with our clients. On these calls, we're able to go through in detail all of our clients' top symptoms as well as minor symptoms and get an idea of how well they're progressing in their health goals and get an idea of how else we could be changing their program so they continue to get the fastest results possible. On today's call, you are going to hear my conversation with my client, Julie, at her first three-month follow-up. Julie is from Canada. She is a business owner, and she's an example of one of the our clients that we work with from Canada. Yes, we work with clients from both the US and Canada, and I am so excited for you guys to hear her story today. When Julie came to us, she was struggling with mood imbalances, uh, bloating, digestion problems, pain in her whole body, and a lot of sleep problems. And just three months into her work with us, she was already experiencing massive change. I'm so excited for you to get to hear this testimonial that Julie so generously shared with us, and I hope that you are inspired today that you too can heal. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. All right. Well, today I'm so excited to have on the show one of my clients, Julie, who is from Canada. I, we do have questions sometimes on if we work with people from Canada and we do. So Julie's on the, the episode today and we're going to be talking about her, she's we're at her three month follow-up call. She's been working on her health protocol after doing her lab tests and kind of digging into what's going on in her body. And we've already seen some amazing changes along the way. I remember our first coaching call, uh, with Julie, I was like, Oh my gosh, you've already experienced some really awesome healing. But, but the three month calls often when we do a little testimonial gathering and just share with y'all what's been going on in Julie's life and some of the things she's been doing. And changes she's been seeing. So Julie, thank you so much for coming onto the Better Belly podcast and sharing your story today. Hi, Allison. It's great to be here. So, um, Julie, I'm so curious as your first question, what it, what made you want to do the foundations program and work with us at Better Belly therapies?
1: Um, I, I kind of doubted that I had some food intolerances, um, I had a really, my, my main thing was, uh, I, I put on weight really, really quick and, uh, all, and I was, uh, I'm premenopausal I'm 52 and I'm premenopausal and I've been premenopausal I feel like it's been four years and I had a really, really hard time digesting. Um, I would, ha- I would often like I have dinner, let's say at five or six and six in the evening. And I go to bed by like 930 or 10. And I'd always feel like I hadn't digested the food that I'd I'd eaten. So I would wake up in the middle of the night, I'd have like heartburn, uh, acid reflux. Uh, Let's not get into the pooping, but my bowel movements were like irregular, (laughs) to to say the least. And uh, just a feeling of being bloated all the time. That was a major, major thing of mine.
0: Yeah. How, can I ask, how did that impact your life? What were some of the things that, I mean, other than not being comfortable or, you know, was there any specific part
1: of your life that you're like, ah, this is so frustrating. It's, it's the not knowing it's really Mm. the not knowing why am I feeling like that? Like this specifically in terms of digestion, why can't I just digest like a normal person? why do I have heartburn? Why do I wake up in the middle of the night? Why do I feel so like full all the time and bloated all the time? Um, yeah, it was the. I would say it was the not knowing what's wrong, like, quote, unquote, wrong with me, because I don't believe there's anything wrong with me. But oh, to not yeah, know what's wrong with me? <laughs> right? What, what
0: What's what's not quite right? <laughs> yeah um no that's that and that is super yeah that that can cause a certain level of insanity on its own of like why yeah why am I different is it all in my head did you did you feel that sometimes like maybe it's all in my yeah. head
1: okay yeah yeah or yeah. And not so and not so much that but also like um you know I remember for example like you know like I don't know how old the your, your audience is, but I remember for example being in my 20s you know and 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 going out and then eating like something like just before I go to bed like I'm in I'm in Canada but in the province of Quebec and our thing our thing here is poutine you know it's a really bad junk food but I could eat that and, and go to bed and be fine and now I'm like you know late 40s early 50s and I can't it's not that I can't eat, eat what I used to eat it was like no matter what I ate even though I thought it was healthy it was making me sick yeah
0: prior to working with us, what had you tried to kind of cope with maybe either specific things you just mentioned or even like digestion specifically?
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of digestion itself, I hadn't tried anything like any supplements or cutting out certain things. I hadn't done that though. I have been dieting since on and off since I was I would say in my early 30s. Uh, So you know, the not to name it, but the Weight Watchers, the uh, (laughs) trying out different food combinations, like not eating, not eating carbs with meat and only eat meat with vegetables or carbs with vegetables. Um, What else? Um, I've tried. uh, I've tried also, um, what's it called intermittent fasting, uh, all kinds of things, but mainly like the dieting on and off, And, you know, giving up the junk and then giving up the sugar and then giving up, I even tried maybe for a month to give up gluten, but I didn't know if I was intolerant to gluten or not, but I didn't sustain that. Right. But I've I've tried a lot of things to no avail. Right. It worked for a while and then it didn't work.
0: Awesome. Right. And so you jumped on a call with me. Um, You actually knew someone who'd worked with me and you're like, Alison, I want to feel better. (laughs) and so we did some lab testing what do you remember about what we found on your lab tests? what are some of the things that stick out to you
1: what stuck out to me the most is that I was uh, intolerant to gluten
0: Uh uh-huh
1: um intolerant to uh, dairy products well milk products Uh
0: uh-huh
1: um and, and a few things like you know like um if if you know, for those, of the, for those of you who don't know, like the results, how it works is you have the red zone, the yellow zone and the green zone. And what came out red for me was pe- uh, black pepper. And I put black pepper on everything and strawberries, which I would eat every once in a while in like a smoothie or Greek yogurt with granola, for example, that was a no-no um, and a few other things that I found that my body was sensitive to like Turkey, which I don't really care about. <laughs> sorry for those who like turkey at thanksgiving but here it's it's not my thing and a few things mustard a few things i found that my body didn't really like some of them i didn't care and some others like salmon and um and shrimp uh you know i have a problem with because i really like that kind of food but that's what i found out and also i remember you we took the um one of the tests, I can't remember what it was, but it came out that my level of uh, cortisols were really, really, really elevated. Yeah. I suspect that I, you know, I suspect that I suffer from like chronic stress or stress, but I didn't know that it was the extent of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was our Dutch test. It's it, it both included sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, um, as well as adrenal gland health. And so, um, what, and, and I might, I'm even looking at it here, um, right now, you know, so you were surprised that your cortisol and cortisol is a stress hormone. And so, and the cool thing about this test is we looked at four different points of the day. It wasn't just like one, like, which sometimes doctors will test for cortisol, uh, levels, but it's like, you know, like 11 AM or 2 PM. It's just one point in the day, but cortisol changes throughout the day. So we actually got to see, you know, at different points in the day, was it high? Was it low? What's going on? Um, and do, when you saw how high the cortisol was, how did that?
1: How how did how did that impact you? Um, it validated uh, the fact that I felt I feel stress and overwhelmed a lot of the time. So that that kind of validated. It was like, well, no wonder because your cortisol levels are elevated. But at the same time. I didn't think that it was that bad and it scared me because mm. I've ended up in the hospital before with muscle spasms. I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm. So it it kind of like scared me and made me look at, you know, well, maybe you should just like relax a little bit and not be like, go, 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 go all of the time, which is really tough for me. Really tough for me. Yeah. But the uh, good thing about that, and I don't know if we discussed this, but in order to take that test, the Dutch test, I couldn't have coffee for 48 hours. Yeah, because of the way that the tests are run. yeah you know it's taken at different times and I couldn't have coffee and uh, and I don't think coffee helped me not feeling not feel agitated. So since that day and I remember the date it was at the end of May, I stopped drinking coffee.
0: Yeah, that was that was I, I remember we got on your results call and one of the things that I was recommending for you because your cortisol was so high was that you not drink coffee or anything caffeinated and you were like Allison I already quit coffee now you were a little upset because you love tea and you do drink caffeinated tea so we we I did recommend that that also for this healing period of your life um that we kind of because caffeine is like a whip to the adrenals we could stop it but you would already kind of notice that like oh wow coffee doesn't make me feel good and so um that's like one of the best parts of these, I love it, went for my clients in these journeys that you have, that you have the realization. You're not just being like, yeah, yeah, Allison told me not to drink caffeine, but you're like, oh, like you can kind of feel it in your body like, oh yeah, that's, that's actually nice. <laughs> um, And I actually see on your, so we have these in-depth intake forms that where we have you scale things on a scale of zero to five for some sections, scale zero to 10 intensity of certain things, like how, how, you know, you know, need to urinate frequently, or one of this is needing your daily coffee to your cola, which is essentially caffeine. And when you came in, you, this was on the scale zero to five, you were a five out of five, man. Like, you're like, I need that. And you it's now at you rated it for this three month follow up at a zero. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Because I don't feel like I need it anymore. Um, you know, I won't go into details, but I've battled a lot of addictions in my life. Uh, you know, one being drugs, one being alcohol. And uh, I, I, I know that I can give up anything. Like I've given up, oh, smoking cigarettes as well. So uh, I I know that I can give up anything, and I never thought I would give up coffee because it's not like that bad. It's only coffee. Sure. Um, but I I I just I just gave it up. I figured I'm gonna try to give it up, and uh, I can say that I don't crave coffee. And when I do crave coffee, I'll have it once a week or something. I'll have a decaf. Uh, soy latte, for example. Um, I'll have that, but it's not some. I don't crave the caffeine anymore. What I have a hard time with, though, is, you know, I'm a tea drinker. (laughs) But I'm also, uh, it came out in one of my tests that my body does not respond well to tea, I have a sensitivity to tea. So that I find harder than not drinking the coffee, because there's there's different kinds of teas and yes, there's caffeine, but also my body does not like tea.
0: Right, right. And that's, that's a multifold situation going on. Um, But kind of going back to the caffeine situation, even when we started your protocol um, and we got your lab testing and I analyzed and I said, based off of these labs, you know, we're not guessing. I'm also not just like, Hey, caffeine is just bad. I'm trying to make your life miserable. Don't drink it. I'm like, okay, based off of what we found, um, I'm recommending that you go off of caffeine to give your adrenal glands a healing, healing time, but now you don't need it to have energy, which is when I told you in the protocol, I don't know if you remember this, but I said something about along the lines of, um, ideally when, when we're done with your healing protocol, you'll be able to drink caffeine kind of for fun, like, because it tastes good. Cause like Plenty of people love the taste of coffee or the taste of tea or because it's social, like you're at a coffee shop or you're at a party or, or, you know, a brunch or something where there's tea. But it's not like needing it like, oh, my gosh, I can't function without it Um, or I didn't get enough today or I need another cup. Um, And that's like a totally different level of like freedom where we're not trying to villainize food, even though I know it was so hard. It was like, but we're not trying to be like, yeah, this is just so evil and so bad. Um, so that was that was one of the things I was so excited about. When you sent in your three-month um, update of this forum, I was like, yes, we hit it. Um, very exciting for me. And the other thing I wanted to mention, which you've brought up, is these foods that you don't like. And so to update our listeners, the tests that we do, the food sensitivity tests that we do, and there's all sorts of types of food sensitivity tests. I actually have a podcast episode that came out recently as of the date of this recording, um, called something like, you know, what's the best food sensitivity test for me. And I get into all the varieties of food sensitivity tests there are, but the further one that we did with you, Julie, it's a really cool test because, um, it's, is great for evaluating food sensitivities that have been developed due to leaky gut. And so I don't know if you remember this when we discussed it, but when when we evaluate that test, I, I categorize all the foods that you got a yellow or a red result on and say, do you eat this food a lot or do you never eat it? And so some of these things you're like tea every day, you know, tea was, you know, yellow for you, black pepper every day, black pepper was red. And I kind of said, okay, for these foods that are elevated and we, there's a known (laughs) large amount of intake, what we're going to try and do and anticipate is we're going to heal your gut, get some like, literally like the, the lining of your gut, imagine it were like raw, like, like a, like a sun tan or a sunburn, you know, but we're going to get that sunburn to heal on the inside of you. Well, then if we re-expose your body to these foods, a lot of times your immune system isn't so hypervigilant against it. Cause it's not seeing it all the time and there's no more sunburn on the inside of your gut essentially. And so there's those foods that are kind of like, I've seen it with multiple clients. Not every food that you've had a lot of exposure to will go away, but I have seen, I'd say 80% of foods that are there. So it's like, hopefully tea won't be a problem and we'll do some things to like test that, um, and make sure that it doesn't create more symptoms for you. But that's the good news. And then the other things is like some of these foods, you're like, I never eat that. Or like Turkey. You're like, I don't even like it. And we kind of discuss. sometimes our bodies are super smart and they're like, this is bad for me. I don't even think it tastes good. Um, and so uh, like, I've had people get that with papaya, the pile will be red. They're like, I never eat papaya. And that's like, well, that will probably never change. So does that sound familiar to you, Julie, that kind of discussion? It does. It yeah. does
1: so it does like I know that I used to eat for example I used to I love eating shrimp and uh, it came out as a yellow for me but yeah shrimp is something that I would eat at least I'd say maybe once a week or once every two weeks but it's something that I typically order at the restaurant yeah yeah yeah
0: so it's kind of like one of those things we'll just see if if they go down and and of course this this isn't a end all be all like it's it's a very specific type of, of, food sensitivity test. And if we wanted more clarity on certain foods, we could do a different test, but it's definitely a great test. Cause we can say, let's avoid all of these for the next three to six months. And you're, you are going to feel better. So, um, super good. One other thing. So, uh, I'd say that when we were reviewing some of the areas that you've had the most healing thus far, the other biggest area that you had healing was in your digestive system, just like all of the symptoms related to that. Can you tell us more? Uh,
1: again, you know, irregular bowel movements, but also irregular in terms of consistency. Um uh, I mentioned, you know, going to bed and feeling like I hadn't digested the food that I had eaten for dinner. That was a major one, uh, you know, cramps in the abdomen, constant feeling of bloating, uh, heartburn, uh, not heartburn like during the day, but heart like heartburn like waking up with a heartburn, um, and sometimes it would just be like a not even a heartburn, it would be like a kind of like a pain, like almost like a, a like rib pain Mm. kind of stuff it's really weird uh those were the the problems yeah mainly those were the problems and like I said like I knew I knew that, that there was I came to believe that there were things that I was eating that were making me sick like it was not like you know we talked about it's all in my head no I felt like there was literally stuff that I was doing that was making me sick that my body was like we don't want that gonna reject that or we're gonna keep it in and 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 just kind of like hinder your digestion kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Like hold it almost like holding on to it.
0: Yeah. So when we started, you rated your just digestive troubles as a nine out of 10 intensity, like very, very present, very consistent for you. And now you rated it as a two out of 10. It was very exciting because I think it was our first call where we talked about, you said that you didn't feel food getting stuck anymore. And you felt like, like you you felt more comfortable after eating and then you'd be able to work and, and not feel like there's just like a rock stick sitting in your stomach. Um, and I'm trying to look, I'm scrolling to where you had, um, let's see. Intestinal gas was at a five out of five. And now it's at a three out of five Bloating was at a four out of five. And now it's a one out of five burping and belching was a four out of five. Now it's a two out of five. So just like a lot of 50% improvement here, 80% improvement um, just so, so exciting. And, and your acid reflux went away. And some of the things that we found, one of the things when, if for our listeners who've been listening to this podcast, you might know that if there's acid reflux, we're very interested and concerned. Like, is there any H pylori? And thankfully we didn't have to deal with any H pylori for you, but we did just find that you weren't digesting foods as well as you need to just from some bile and pancreatic you know, fluids that you weren't producing enough of. And so we took some measures with some supplements and, and also like not eating foods we're sensitive to. So like stopping that dairy, stopping gluten, all of that is is actually going to help your gut then say, um, Okay, I'm now in a better place like now that I'm not under like attack of all these foods that were sensitive to and is causing inflammation, now your body is better able to say let's do all of our normal, you know, procedures of making bile and making pancreatic enzymes and and all that stuff. And so um we've actually I think it sound from what your lab testing what we found, not what we guessed at, it looks like some of that slow digestion, that discomfort, the heartburn you were getting was just because you weren't digesting your food well enough with like just enzymes. We didn't need to do too, too much else as far as H. pylori and all that craziness. Um, do you have anything else to add to, to what I just shared?
1: Well, you were mentioning, you know, we 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 needed to cut to cut out the uh, add supplements and cut out the gluten and the dairy. Uh, I remember when I looked at my results before our initial call, I looked at my results and I'm like, oh my god, no, no, no! <laughs> Allison's gonna tell me that I need to stop gluten and dairy, and I was I was ready for gluten. I was like, that's fine, but I was not ready for dairy. And I was, I was, when I learned, I remember our first call. Um, I was having a really bad day. I Aww. remember that day. I was having a super bad day. So when I learned that I was intolerant to gluten, uh, to gluten, that was one thing, but dairy, that was like, that was like almost the end of the world that day, you know? But because I, I could not see, like, my main concern was, like, what am I going to eat? what am I going to eat, you know, and uh, I've gotten the help of one of the nutritionists that you recommended, but that was a main thing for me. And and still, and still even today, uh, if I don't, you know, if I can tend to go into the self pity mode, you know, well, why can't I eat gluten? Why can't I eat dairy? You know, like a baby, like throwing a a tantrum, like I want this and I can't have it. Um, but I would say in general, like everything else in my life, I, I try to take it one day at a time. And I know that today staying off the gluten and the dairy is really manageable. Hmm. One, but- one really, but one day at a time. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and I know there it's been, it's interesting to watch everyone's journey um, you know, your journey and all my clients journeys with food and and diet change varies. Um, I have some people who very quickly say like, Oh my gosh, I don't even miss that food anymore. I feel so amazing. I'm like ultra not incentivized. And other times it's like, it takes a while. You're like, no, I do miss it. I remember the way certain things taste, or I remember, you know, being able to more easily buy certain favorite foods or something. And we also learned kind of through discussing, it sounds like Canada actually might use even more dairy in your all of your products than America does. Um, I it's, it's been interesting to talk through that, but yeah, you've been working with Shannon calorie, who's our nutritionist that we've partnered with. And so that's been I've heard, I hear you talk about talking with her and that feels really good to me of like, okay, yeah, you've got like someone else to kind of process through and feel good about food. Well, I want to, we're going to talk about one more thing and then we'll jump off and continue your three month follow-up offline or off air. But I would love if you would just share the other big thing that I've loved seeing and hearing you talk about all your improvements you've noticed in is your mood. And I know that when you came in, Um, you did mention mood at mood swings as one of your major symptoms, but I I think I heard you talk most about like digestion or weight and all this stuff, but mood's been a really phenomenal. When I look at all your numbers, I'm like, wow. Uh, when you came in, you rated just your general mood swing symptom as a eight out of 10. And you said just now it was a four out of 10, that's a 50% improvement in three months and not having to go through, not that this isn't important, but you weren't like going through counseling or like going through some deep, you know, spiritual journey. You were just changing some food, changing some supplements. Um, and, and it's a big thing and a small thing all at the same time. Uh, what can you tell, tell us what you've noticed in your mood or some of the things, some of the biggest things you've enjoyed in your, in changes that you felt in your mood?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I would, so I, I thought, and, you know, may, and maybe they are, maybe they're not, but because I'm, because I'm, I'm premenopausal, you know, one of the major symptoms is the moon swings. Like, uh, but I, I feel like I've had moon swings like my whole life, but even worse in, in, uh, in pre I can go from like totally relaxed to totally overwhelmed in like 1.5 seconds (laughs) and I can go calm to super annoyed in like 1.5 seconds (laughs) and before before we, we, you know, at one point we were talking about, I said, you know, my, I find that my mood swings have, but when I say improved, really, what I'm trying to say is lessened because mm. they don't improve; otherwise, they go up. <laughs> but they've uh, they've lessened. And I, I jokingly said, you know, well, it depends. You know, if you ask my kids, but but I would say that I feel more. Um, I feel more even. Mm. Yeah, more even. For sure. And and you know, I, and I don't know what does that um to tell you the truth like I don't know is it is it the food is it the supplements is it I don't feel like I've changed a lot in my in my habits as well like so maybe I don't know what does that maybe you can explain that to the listeners as well what makes the diff, what makes the difference in the stress levels or in the mood swings
0: Yeah. So mood is a very, it's a multifaceted, um, experience and it has to do, uh, if I had to like simplify the system of our mood down, I'd say it's how much how quickly you can create neurotransmitters. So for example, some of our clients, um, and and I'm, 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 I'm going to talk broadly, not necessarily where you're at Julie right now, but some some of our clients we work with, they're not breaking down protein really well. And that has nothing to do with how much protein they're eating. But if they have low stomach acid, low bile production, low pancreatic enzymes, which you had a little bit of all three of those, you're not creating the neurotransmitters you need, uh, or you likely, you might not be getting the amino acids you need to create neurotransmitters. And those are your little mood regulators in your mind, in your brain. They're the chemicals behind mood. And so, um, some people end up like having mood irregularities, uh, because they just can't, they don't even have the building blocks to, to make all of their neurotransmitters. Um, then sometimes we can create too many and that has to do with sometimes inflammation. And, and what happens is we create a lot and then it's hard for us to, uh, get rid of them and to convert them so we can get them out of our body. And that's when it's usually that type of pattern that is associated with quickly like becoming angry on a dime quick, or like once you're, once enough stressful things, even minor stressful things happen. Um, it's like, it almost can't get out of your body. You're just like stress, stress, stress. It's like they're in your body and it can't get out. And so something's blocking your ability to, uh, get rid of those and, and convert them and process them out of your body. Cause neurotransmitters almost need to be detoxed the same way that a a toxin needs to be detoxed. Our whole body, estrogen, progesterone, neurotransmitters, everything's about having the right levels. And so likely you, you have more of a pattern of, Um, that, that quick, you know, irritation, quick, quick intensity, uh, potentially you had some inflammation things going on and, and that that's its own, like what type of inflammation, the exact pathways that cause that there's a lot of things that go on again, of specific pathways that will block neurotransmitters not being converted and gotten out of the body. Um, but that you follow that pattern more. And I imagine as we're not having inflammatory foods, as you're having your gut heal, because we we actually are giving you supplements that heal your gut. We actually have given you supplements that have helped balance out your estrogen, because even though your, your Dutch test said, you know, like she kind of looks perimenopausal, you had an excessive amount of estrogen. And that also we found a kind of a similar pattern on your GI map that there was this one marker called beta glucuronidase. When it's really, really elevated, it caused estrogen to recycle in the body and that can make it hard to lose weight. Estrogen also is a very intense, it intensifies mood. So, um, estrogen is, you makes you cranky, irritable mood swing prone. Um, and so if you had some of that excess and any estrogen dominance, um, going on, which might be just normal amount of progesterone but too much estrogen or normal amount of estrogen and too and too little progesterone and for sake of HIPAA, I'm not going to get into exactly all, all what was going on with you. But uh, we're, <laughs> we're just going to say that, yeah, you had a little bit ex- excess estrogen, and we took some supplements to help balance that out and help your liver detox estrogen because it's liver that detoxes estrogen. And so we've supported your liver health on this process through supplements, we've supported your inf- overall inflammation um, levels through your food choices and supplements we've, and we've supported, um, you know, decreased amount of like caffeine is just such a driver. And also who knows how much that was adding into mood and kind of, you know, flash, you know, (laughs) flash bang changes when you have that much cortisol going on in your body, it's keeping you alert, but it's also making you hypervigilant. And so you can kind of see how, there's, there's all these levers that have to do with mood. And we sometimes just think it's my willpower. Like I'm just a bad person or I just, you know, need counseling or I just, you know, need more patience and I, and, and I need more willpower to activate all of that. And that's just not fair to ourselves. Um, you are a mom, you, um, have a career and you you're very diligent in it. And so it almost makes no sense for us as women where we're like, but I'm so diligent in all these other areas. And we end up beating ourselves up and it doesn't make it easier than to be like, I'm going <laughs> to, we're like beating ourselves up. And that makes us even more prone to be mood, like unstable and irritated. Cause we feel shame or guilt or, or, or despair or whatever it is we're feeling. And so, um, we've taken off some of the pressure I imagine through several of those avenues for you.
1: That makes a lot of sense. It's super interesting. Makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. And, and some of the value, um, one of the reasons I love this podcast, I love having, you know, our clients like you onto the podcast, so thank you again for coming on is because it's these very specific examples that can then say it, it connects generally good wisdom on, on health, like stop eating gluten with like very specific, you know, tests that you've done. So we know exactly what your body needs or doesn't need. I don't need to take you off of something else. Um, and then we understand some of the biochemistry and it now lines up of some of your symptoms with some of your, um, what's going on internally. And we don't have to guess. And, and we also have a better idea of if you're feeling better, why are you feeling better? So what do you need to keep doing? Or maybe you only need to keep doing stuff for another month or two more months, and then your body heals and it sustains itself because our bodies are intelligently designed creatures that can heal ourselves. So, um, that's our goal is to get you to that point. So you don't have to keep doing the same things over and over again. And that's, we're going to talk about the next, you know, 30 minutes, you and I, so, well, thank you, Julie, so much for coming on and just sharing some of your story. I know that these testimonials are really encouraging for our listeners and that you've been encouraged by hearing other people's testimonials, um, people who've worked with us. And so thank you so much for sharing your story. Awesome, guys. Well, I hope you loved that episode with Julie, and I hope it brings you some encouragement today that you are not stuck in your health. And I, if you're afraid of change in your health, that's okay. Julie was too, and the change was worth it. It's not about going into change without fear, but more so focusing on the outcome that you want that makes the difference in going from where you are to where you want to be. The foundations program, which Julie was a part of, is currently accepting clients onto our wait list. If you have been ready to get back energy into your life and finally find the root cause of your bloating, gas, constipation, and gut health problems, then go to betterbellytherapies.com slash foundations and apply for the wait list. If you are want to be the first to know when the foundations program opens again, or you can click the link in the show notes to take you directly to the foundations program page and read more about it there. Well, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat and take a screenshot with a friend and share it with them. If you thought of someone while you were listening to this episode, do you know someone like Julie? Do you know someone in Canada who wants help with their gut health? I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist, that they say, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend you thought of a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review. I recently noticed that ratings and reviews are acceptable not only on Apple iTunes, but also on Spotify now. So if you've been listening on Spotify, you can now leave a rating and review and it would mean so much to me and help other people just like you find this podcast and find hope and healing and information. Other ways that you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And to end us out, our motto, remember, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch y'all next week.